0: Obviously, nope. But. Sad. But. Very sad. Surprise. Ryan is over there. Oh. He's doing the thing. Hey, Ryan. Good happening. morning, Ryan. Our Ryan, audience Harley. didn't know
1: that either, guys. They I they promise. Yeah. Our, our yeah, live audience in the dark. <laughs> had no idea. Uh, you guys have never looked so good. Harley, we got to lose the stools this week, so congratulations. Yes.
0: Yes. So yes. yes. Brandon's not as tall as Ryan.
1: Well, I'm just going to put that out uh, there. Uh, love, uh, everybody loves to talk about how short I am, but. <laughs> I'm 5'9" and proud and oh, yeah. proud you guys are the perfect height you guys are the perfect height <laughs> thank you thank, I, thank you you guys for for serving today and and basically taking my place you guys now you guys don't have to listen to me anymore now you got these awesome people Well, they got to so, listen uh, to you well, now. Yeah, I oh, yeah, you, you, you me now, I mean so, now you sorry <laughs> <laughs> Oh
0: no. Uh
1: but uh you guys are awesome. I love you guys. Welcome everybody. Uh happy Father's Day to to you guys to everybody out there. Um I want to say, you know, Mike and alan are not here today, obviously. Uh, and so if you're missing them, if, you're, if you're, you're worried it might not be, you know, as good, I don't worry, they're here in spirit. I have a fishing shirt for Mike, and Alan's vest is in the house. So don't worry, Mike and Alan are here in spirit. So calm down. Okay, it's, it's going to be good. This, me- this message will be blessed by uh, by their presence. Uh, you know, I'm used to being over there and, uh, and, and working the live stream. So it's in my nature to give some shout outs. So I want to give some I want to start this day off with some shout out. First of all, a very, very happy Father's Day to my dad, Rick Lee. Most of you know him as Poppy Lee. He's probably in here somewhere. If you see Rick Lee in there, give him a shout out. Uh best dad I could ever ask for. Kind of like Tommy Barker was saying, I think he's he hung the moon and he taught me everything I know and uh just I'm still trying to grow up to be like him. So uh, dad, I love you. I also want to say happy father's day to my father in law, Lee Vincent. Uh also as Harley and Brandon mentioned, um, you know, not everybody has a great um, father situation. And uh, that's why God created the body of Christ. We, we, um, we can make we still make disciples and have father figures. And I have very many, uh, a lot of father figures in my life that I want to say Happy Father's Day to. Robert Abels, Mike Kellett, Alan Robertson, uh, Randy Kirby is in the house today. Uh, Tommy Inman. Of course, I've got uh, uh, father figures from afar. Mac Owen, Gordon Dasher, uh, Larry Bowles, Papa Larry. Love you. Uh and internationally, uh Sam Twamasi Ankara, my Ghanaian elder, and uh Leonel Baye, uh from Nicaragua, and of course Isaac Day, my Liberian father. So uh happy Father's Day to everybody out there. I also want to give a shout out to all those dads out there with young kids. I see Tommy Perkins in the house today. Happy Father's Day to you, my man. Uh guys like Grant Taylor, uh, you know, you guys are in the fight. Chris Strickland's in the house today with little baby Linda. Uh, you know, it's 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 a great day to, to, to honor our, our fathers. Um, and so I'm just proud to to be raising kids alongside a lot of you guys. So with that, we do have a scripture reading today, and we're doing a little bit differently today. I'm going to bring up my son, Isaac Lee. Come on up here, Isaac. Isaac's going to read
0: us our our scripture for today. Hop up up right here. How you doing? Good. You ready? Uh huh. Okay. Go ahead. Isaiah 41:10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's
1: the best Father's Day present you can get is to have your kids read the Word of God. Uh, so that was Isaac. He's my oldest. He is. Uh, Nine years old, just, to just had to celebrate his ninth birthday. About five years ago, though, we put him in soccer, and we started playing soccer. Um, and I think we've got a, a picture here of the two of us together. That is Isaac at four years old uh, and, and me without a beard and looking a little bit younger and a little more youthful energy back then. Uh, ministry does some crazy things to you, man, in the short five years. Um, but uh, we, we put him in soccer. And uh he he was excited to play it. We played a lot in the backyard, uh practiced in the backyard, had a really um uh we were really anticipating his first season of soccer. And the way the soccer sets up at that age is three on three. So you've got three, uh three on this team, three on this team, and then there's a coach on the field for each team. I was the assistant coach. I don't know anything about soccer. I just happened to be there and they asked hey, we'd be assistant coach? Sure. Um, so Isaac starts playing soccer and to my dismay, he he does not like it at all. Uh, it, you know, it, when you're that age, it's all a big scrum. The ball's in the middle, and they're all just in there kicking. And so it's a little bit overwhelming. And um, Isaac uh, did just it was it was too much for him. He would just be on the field, uh, staring at us on the sidelines, like please let me come off, let me come off the field, please just take me out of here. He'd be crying, and we're we like no, stay on the field, go get the ball, go get the ball. He would never get the ball. the, the, the he's just standing there crying. And the kids are just running back and forth playing soccer in the background. Um, it was a really tough time. Uh, we didn't you know we were not sure what to do. I even uh, he was really into Spider-Man back then, and so I bought him this like Spider-Man figurine, like a really cool Spider-Man. I said, "Look, son, all you have to do is kick the ball one time. If you'll just get in the game, put your foot to the ball, we'll give you the Spider-Man. We bought the Spider-Man. And we just, we kind of put it up high where he couldn't reach it and just, he could watch it all week. He's like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And then come game day, same nothing. You know, like just crying and, and just, it was, it was exasperating. I finally was like, Hey, Isaac, don't you want this Spider Man? And, and I, I knew we were in trouble when he goes, Daddy, just throw it away. I don't want it. I don't
0: want it. Like,
1: man, dude. So I, we were kind of in a pickle here. I, I, you know, I was, I was laying back and forth between, all right, do we just keep pushing? You know, I don't want to like just make him miserable, but, you know, I don't really want him to quit either. You know, we were trying to teach him to finish what he started. And finally, I, I asked the head coach, I said, look, coach, when Isaac's in the game, because you sub in and out, when Isaac's in the game, what do you think about me being the coach on the field? Just so he'd have a little bit of, you know, I could be right there. He said, and the coach was like, whatever you want, man, just do something. We, we need to get this grand kid off the field. So Isaac goes in the game, and I went, I took the place of the coach on the field. And uh, they, they place the ball in the middle, and again, it's three on three, and they're about to have the kickoff. And I'll never forget this moment for the rest of my life. Standing on the field, and all of a sudden,
0: Isaac, he turns over his shoulder, and he looks at me. He sees me, and he smiles for the first time on the soccer field. Okay. Kickoff
1: goes. He runs in. They get in the scrum. The ball kicks loose, and Isaac chases after He's the first one there, and he goes and kicks and scores a goal. And I was just like, we, we just went nuts. You know, the whole and of course all the parents they know that we've been struggling, so they're all going nuts, everyone's just going crazy. Um and of course he runs right to me and gives me a big hug and, and just makes me think, you know, sometimes just the presence of your father gives you peace, gives you strength. Um just just when he turned around and he saw me, he knew that he was gonna be okay. And then not only was he okay, he goes and excels and scores a goal. So we're gonna talk today about the presence of our father. Heavenly Father, the presence of the Lord, and what the presence of the Lord can offer you. So I want to read today out of Exodus. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, turn with me. Exodus, so, so if you've got your Bibles, I've got, I've got my Facebook pulled up here. So if you guys want to comment in here, I'm not going to read the comments because I, I'll be too distracted. But but uh, I see, uh, who who do I have here? I have Brianna Yoho. Kellett's here. Hey, Kellett. I got you a fishing shirt, buddy. Uh, Chris Rodriguez. Y'all tell me if you've got your Bibles open. Give me a little... Uh, Tell Brandon and Harley uh, that we've got uh, that we've got the Bibles open,
0: um, but I'm going to read in Exodus chapter 33, verses 12 is where I'll be. So this is Moses; he's
1: leading the Israelites, and uh, he's he's just finished meeting with God in, in the tent where where God has been meeting him, meeting with him in, in that cloud and um, Uh, and Moses is having just a one-on-one conversation with the Lord here. So in verse 12, he says, Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have
0: asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. But when you're in the presence of the Lord, First thing you receive, if we look at verse 14, the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. How many of you out there are tired? How many of you out there are exhausted? Whether it's spiritually, emotionally, physically, a lot of us are tired.
1: You know, we've been in a season. Nothing, nothing feels good right now. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of us
0: are, are tired. And when I think about the Lord giving me rest, Man, that's—I feel like that's the only true place that we can find rest is in the presence of the Lord right now. Um, but have you thought about why? Why does the presence of the Lord give you rest? Why are you
1: tired? Could it be that possibly you're chasing something
0: that's outside the presence of God? Could it be that you're running towards earthly desires outside the presence of the Lord? Could it be? that you're trying to do it all by yourself. You know, Jesus says, first of all, I want to tell you the difference between
1: um, omnipresent and manifest present, right? God is omnipresent. He's all around us. But there's a difference. His presence, the presence of the Lord can be felt. You can be in the presence of God. Jesus says in Matthew 11, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So that's a popular verse. You've probably heard that
0: before. But what I love is that next verse, verses 29 and 30 in chapter 11 of Matthew, where he says, Take
1: my yoke. Take my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So have you, have, you ever guys, have you ever seen a yoke? You know what a yoke looks like? A, a yoke is a, is a large wooden beam. Uh, it's got some holes cut in it. It's typically meant for two animals. Uh, in, in this case, he's talking about oxen. And with a yoke, there are two animals, like I said. One of them is usually stronger. There's usually a strong ox and a weaker ox. And the stronger ox is the one that pulls the weight and guides the weaker ox. You see this analogy here. Jesus is saying, come to me. Take my yoke. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. But the yoke is easy. You can, you can get in there. You're, you're united with
0: Jesus, and he leads you, and he guides you, and he directs your path, and you don't have to carry the weight. So you, some of you have been trying to do it all by yourself. Some of you have been trying to carry a burden that was never meant for your shoulder." When you come into the presence of the Lord, he gives you rest. He he takes the burden from you, and you realize you don't have to do it anymore. All you have to do is surrender. When you realize the burden is not on you, then you have rest. In Exodus 33, again, in in our passage
1: here in verse 15, he says, Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? Well, first of all, I love that um, that statement from Moses. If you are pleased with me, you know it's like um, it's like a kid at a pool. You know, I like it's summertime. I like to go to the pool uh, with the kids, and what always happens at the pool? You know what the most popular name is at the pool? Daddy, because it's like, Daddy, look, Daddy, watch this, Daddy, come here, Daddy, I want to show you this, Daddy, watch this. And it's always you know just, just even if it's a simple jump in the pool, they just want you to see, I want you to be pleased with me like we have this deep desire to please our Father, we have this deep desire to please our Father, and when we're in the
0: presence of the Lord, we receive confidence, we receive confidence when we're in the presence of the Lord uh you know and in, in that I'm going to jump up back
1: up to verse twelve in exodus thirty three and he says. Moses said to the Lord, "You've been telling me to lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me." Well, what's interesting about that is that God already let him know. <laughs> Moses just forgotten here. Okay, uh, he said, "You won't let me know. You, 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 you have not let me know whom you will send with me." Well, let's jump back to Exodus three. So the first time that Moses is in the presence of the Lord is when he's with the burning bush, right? So he, he's, he, he's in the presence of God, and he says, in, in chapter three, verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am
0: I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring, out, and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? So first of all, that question, who am I? That's a big question. That's a big question. Who am I? Moses here, he's doubting himself. He's not sure of himself. Who am I that
1: you would send me? What, what, what do I have? that I, What could I possibly offer?
0: That Pharaoh would listen to me and that I could do something as large as freeing your people from slavery. You know, you notice some things that God does not say here, by the way. He doesn't say, Moses, you're awesome.
1: Don't worry, Moses, you've got this. Moses, you're the best. You know, when Moses says, Who am I? the, the response isn't, Well, let me tell you how great you are, Moses, so I can puff you up so you'll feel confident. It's not about how we feel about ourselves. That like gives us confidence. The confidence is when we're in the presence of the Lord and He says, I will be with you. Just look at verse 12 in this chapter 3. And God says, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. You know, Moses takes it further in chapter 4, verse 10. Moses says to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent. Neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant, I am slow of speech and tongue. So again, what does God not say? Moses is complaining. He's like, no, I'm not, I'm again, I'm not good enough. I can't, I'm not good at speaking in front of people. I don't feel confident. I I I, I stutter. I, no one's going to listen to me. What does God not say? Oh, you're great. You're a great speaker. No, don't go. Have, have you ever been complimented, by the way? And then, like you can tell that they're kind of patronizing you because their voice goes up, you know? Like, what if God was like,
0: oh, you're, you're a great speaker. You're, yeah, no, you can speak in front of people, sure.
1: You know, you ever feel that? You know, you, you got to know, like, uh, I don't know if you're telling me the truth here because I feel like your voice went up and, uh, you know. So God doesn't do that here, though. He doesn't say, Moses, you're, you're fine. You're going to be great. What does he say? Who gave human beings their mouth? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it, is it
0: not I, the Lord? Then in verse 12, this is it right here. Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Again, you don't get confidence from how good you are. You understand that? Like, I, I, and I'm not trying to come down at everybody like how
1: you know, you're, not, you're not good. You're, guess what? You're not good enough. <laughs> Moses wasn't good enough. What's cool about God is that he chooses the people that are basically totally wrong for the job.
0: Moses was not right for this job, but guess who was? The Lord our God. He is right for the job, and he just wants to bring you with it. You know, one of the things I really like, uh, at one of my favorite things that happens on this campus is on Friday night. Uh,
1: where are my CRP? You know, I give a little holla, holla. Uh, no better place to be
0: Friday night, right? My favorite thing in CR, though, is actually the announcement. I love the announcements, Randall. You know why? The announcements, or and the beatitudes that they do. You, somebody comes up, and you can tell.
1: I'm not. I'm not getting on anybody, but you can just tell this is not where they want to be. Okay, you know, uh, it's it's a well known fact that not you know speaking in front of people is a huge fear of of a lot of people. But what happens on Friday nights is somebody comes up to give announcements to give. Um, to, to, to read some beatitudes, and you can tell they don't want to be there. They're not comfortable speaking in front of people, but they've gained confidence in the Lord. Not only that, they have the support of all their brothers and sisters there, and it's just this big victory when they get through it. The, the, what I love about Friday nights is that they choose—it's not—they don't choose the
0: best people to speak, the, the, the most talented speakers. They choose the hearts who are after God. That's what He wants. He's not, he doesn't care about your talent. He doesn't care about how good you are. He cares about your heart surrendering to Him
1: and, and seeking after Him. And when you're in His presence, then you have all the confidence that you need.
0: In Romans 5, verse 6 through 8, uh, and actually verse 8, while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. And later in verse 10, He even says, you were, enemy, you were an enemy of God. So what's cool about getting confidence by the presence of the Lord you have been affirmed by the almighty by the creator of the universe you have been validated at your very
1: very worst while you were still sinners while you were an enemy
0: of God while you're an enemy can you imagine that you're an enemy of God and he says no i i want you i love you In
1: all of our sin and all of our lust and all of our pride and all of our anger and our lies and our
0: wickedness, God says that's not your name. That's not who you are. You are redeemed. You are mine. That's where we draw our confidence. We don't draw our confidence in our own ability. Because guess what? We're going to mess it up. We're going to mess it up. you You cannot offer
1: a perfect sacrifice to God. Think about this a lot of times when I'm leading worship. You know, you just want things to go just perfectly. You know, you just want everything to be
0: spot on. But you cannot offer a perfect sacrifice. What you can do is you can offer your heart. And then Jesus cleans your heart. He takes that sacrifice, washes it with his blood, and then he offers it to the Father. You can't do it on your own, but you can gain confidence. In
1: the presence of God, your identity is revealed to you. And again, it's not that you—it's not something that he gives to you, because he already gave it to you. He gave you your confidence. He gave you your name when he knitted you together in your mother's womb. But when you're together with him, when you're in the presence of the Lord, he reveals how connected you truly
0: are to him. And you learn who you truly are, who you really are in the kingdom of God. I'm going to jump over to 2 Corinthians. If you come with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And verses 7 through 18. Of course, I didn't mark this before, so give me a second. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7.
1: Now, if the ministry that brought, that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory. Transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? So again, in Exodus chapter 34, the story continues on, and Moses meeting with God, his face becomes radiant because he's been in the presence of the Lord.
0: God's glory has been so powerful that Moses' face is radiant. Verse 9 in, in 2 Corinthians uh, 3. If the
1: ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? You see, when Moses had his radiant face, as, as further away he got from God, the less radiant his face was. It actually started to wear off. And it was only when he got back in the presence of the Lord that his face became more radiant. But now, what has happened now through Jesus dying for us and giving us the gift of his Holy Spirit, we can now have everlasting glory in him. Verse 12, Therefore, since we have such a hope, Jesus Christ, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away.
0: contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image
1: with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is
0: the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When you're in the presence of the Lord, you also receive freedom. You know, our nation, on Friday, our nation celebrated Juneteenth.
1: It's a day where we celebrate the emancipation of all those who were enslaved in our country.
0: And it's something we should celebrate. We're celebrating freedom. In a couple of weeks, we'll do it again on July 4th. We'll celebrate our independence, our freedom. Well, it's
1: interesting. I saw a Facebook post this week asking about Juneteenth. It was somebody that said, uh, you know, we want to celebrate Juneteenth, but we're not sure how to celebrate it. It's, kind of you know, it's kind of new. It's new on the radar. Um, and they wanted to know what, what if we celebrated with fireworks? Are fireworks okay? And and what they were getting at, and, they, and further down their post, they said, well, you know, we just don't want to do anything that might have had a racist origin. I saw a reading that I'm like, wait are fireworks racist now? I, you know, I'm I'm kind of confused. I, I didn't know that fireworks were racist, but I maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I think they were just asking because everybody's on eggshells, right? What can we talk about? What's on the table? What's not on the table? How can we,
0: you know, we're we're handcuffed. It's almost like we're, we're 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 becoming slaves to our culture. And so much of the conversation in our nation has turned to race. And let me tell you something. First of all,
1: we should be listening and learning from our brothers and sisters. Absolutely, that's
0: discipleship. Not only that, we should not turn a blind eye to injustice. But I believe we're talking about the wrong thing. I don't believe our country has a race issue. I believe our country has an identity issue. You see, we've forgotten who we are in Jesus Christ. We've, been, we've, we've started to label our,
1: ourselves and divide ourselves, naming ourselves different than what we are truly named. We're not thinking of ourselves as priests, kings, and ambassadors anymore.
0: Now we're dividing ourselves on our race, on our sexual orientation, sin, where we work, what we do. That's not who we are. That's not our identity. We've bought into the lie that we either have to become a victim and be outraged or we're the oppressor and we should feel guilty. But let me tell you something. We're free. The body of Christ is free. You
1: cannot obtain your freedom from man. Your freedom comes from Jesus
0: Christ. That's the only freedom that you can have in this world is from Jesus Christ. You know, we're, uh, my, my dad, who's watching, I love him. He's, he's, uh,
1: he's from Panama. So a lot of you know this about me. I'll share this with those that don't. He's from Panama first language is Spanish. He still thinks in Spanish, so sometimes he's, he takes a little bit longer to get to the English word because he's thinking about it in Spanish. But he's Chinese. So you look at me like, wait, are you, he, he's Chinese, but he's from Panama. He speaks Spanish. You know, I, I always joke, like, when I was growing up, we, we'd go to my grandma's house and he had bonsais in the front yard and
0: empanadas cooking in the kitchen. Great childhood. I love my uh, uh, popo is what, I, what we call her. Chinese for grandmother. And um, I love my heritage. I'm very proud of my heritage. But let me tell you something. I don't
1: walk around saying that's who I am. It's a part of who I am. It it describes me, and I don't ignore it. But I also don't walk around calling my dad my Chinese dad.
0: That's not who he is. He's just my father. I also don't walk around calling my mama my white mama. Just a white girl from Rochester. But I don't think of her as my white mama. She's just my mama. See, we put all these labels on
1: each other and we've forgotten what the most powerful identity that we have is that we're children. We're sons and daughters of the king. And we are kings as well because everywhere we step, we've got the creator in the universe. We are kings and
0: queens. And, And the king is not afraid of us because he's the king of kings. Everybody's so afraid of what to say. What do I say? Do I, do I need to let everybody know that I'm not racist? Or, you know, Because we, we've gotten into this cancel culture. Cancel culture is a dangerous thing. Cancel culture tells you that you, you, you could lose your job if you say the wrong thing. You're in school. You get kicked out of school.
1: We've had firings at, at, at our local university here. You put the wrong thing on Twitter.
0: Also, if you put the wrong thing on Twitter 10 years ago, you could be in trouble. That's cancel culture let me tell you about the cancel culture that I'm interested in. Jesus Christ canceled my sin. Jesus Christ canceled
1: my shame. Jesus Christ canceled my debt. That's the cancel culture that we, as the body of Christ, are interested in. Our cancel culture is that he canceled our past and has given us a future and has given us a hope. That's who we are. That's our identity.
0: It's in Jesus Christ, not man. If we want true freedom, we will never obtain it from this world. And we can say that we're free. But our true
1: freedom lies in Jesus Christ. He frees us from our bondage. He steps into our Egypt
0: and pulls us out. He holds the waters back, splits the seas, and all you have to do is step and walk toward You, you know, nothing feels good right now. It kind of feels like, if you're looking at it, it feels like hell on earth, you know. But let me tell you what hell truly is. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled, as to us as well.
1: This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction. And
0: listen to this right here. They will be shut out from the presence of the Lord. You want to experience hell?
1: Be shut out from the presence of the Lord. In the presence of the Lord, we find rest.
0: We're crowned with confidence. He frees us from our bondage. But it's only
1: then when we're in the presence of God. I want to go back to Exodus 33 and read this before we close. I love this verse. Verse 15, 33, verse 15. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Are you desiring the presence of God? Are you desiring him himself? Are you desiring a relationship with God? You don't want to be outside the presence of of God.
0: You don't want to go to a place where he hasn't placed you. You cannot grow in a place where he hasn't raised you. You do not want to be in a place where God's not going. And let me tell you something
1: else. God's not standing still. He's on the move. The kingdom of heaven is advancing. And so
0: we always got to be constantly moving. Jesus said, follow me, not stand beside me. Follow me. When we're wrapped up in his holy presence, when we're seeking after God, And let me tell you, it's available.
1: You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart.
0: He is available. And when we find the presence of God, when we find him, he gives us rest. He gives us confidence in who we are. And he sets us free from our sin. Praise God.